Welcome into the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. This is Ben Brown, your host, coming up on the Saturday edition of our podcast. We're going to talk a lot about college football, and I am joined by the one and only Scott Farrell, veteran of you know the sports talk radio industry. You can find him on Sports Grid Monday through Friday, uh, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Farrell Coast to Coast. He also does a lot with the uh, in-game live betting hosts um, coming up on Saturdays and Sundays. I think that starts around noon to 6 on Saturdays, 1 to to 8 p.m. on Sunday. So, Scott, how are you doing today? But I appreciate you hopping on with me. I'm good, Ben. Everything's cool. So I do the I do the coast to coast at four to six, and then uh, the in game live is great on weekends for you know betters. Uh, it's awesome. I just do uh, I do Pharrell and events at ten to midnight every Monday through Friday on top of the coast to coast show. So I do two shows a day four to six and 10 to midnight. Uh, the radio network is the late night show and, uh, both are pretty cool. They're both very different ones, like a topical show with tons of sports news from around the world and reaction and, you know, ranting, raving, freaking out. It's pretty cool. And then the late night show is more, uh, me just flipping out during games. So, yeah, I love to see that. So, I mean, you probably would have been flipping out a little bit yesterday with that Packers 49ers game. Did you bet? Did you bet any action on that game at all? Did you have anything uh, come yeah. through? I got a little hit on the end there. I had the under, unfortunately, and uh, that late touchdown kind of uh, knocked me down a little bit at that point in time. So, yeah, I don't do uh, totals a lot. I'm not a fan of them, uh, you know, from my days in Vegas or whatever uh, till now. I'd say, uh, to me, it's like trying to pick the lottery numbers. Uh, I've never been a fan of people that act like they know what the score of the game's going to be, or they go off of what teams average every week, what they score, what they allow, and that's how they make their decision. And I think that's a fairly weak way to do it. I know a lot of sharps uh, in like you know New York and Jersey and Vegas that you know hedge bets and. Uh, you know, do that kind of stuff, like hardcore, big money players that know what they're doing. Uh, and most of my friends uh, in that in that realm were like, take the, you know, you got to lay the three, you got to do this, you got to do that. But I know uh, guys that are uh, way better at, at winning bets by uh, doing spreads and hedging and things of this nature than they are at uh, picking scores of games. Yeah. Vegas is great at it where a lot of people think they got their hands in it. And uh, I don't mess with Vegas. I don't mess with odds makers because they're dangerous. They know what they're doing. They're brilliant. And it's no joke. And I know all of them by name. And, and as a person, I know them all. I've met them all because I've been in Vegas so many times. Right. So right. Uh, I lived there twice. So I know all these guys, they're evil and yeah. they know what they're doing. And they certainly know more than, uh, everyday betters uh, everywhere, like you and your friends and me and my friends, that kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they definitely don't build those casinos on winners. That's for sure. So I guess from uh, my perspective to summarize a little bit, um, 
your philosophy with betting and how you're kind of trying to approach it is you're looking more for situations where you think line movement is going to occur. Hopefully you can get on the front end of that. And then if you do, and the line moves in your direction, say for instance, yesterday with the 49ers, if you would have hit them early in the week after Jimmy Garoppolo was out, after George Kittle was out, after Debo Samuel was out, Brandon, Ayuk, all these guys kind of went down right. with COVID moved from, you know, basically uh, them being plus three to them being closer to, I think it got all the way out to plus eight before the, little bit of buyback occurred on San Francisco to push it down to six and a half when we kind of kicked off. So at that point in time, you're kind of looking to be on both sides of that action where if you could kind of get in the middle there, you're kind of having that risk-free hedge bet where you're opening up, you know, a really wide range of like three, three or four points basically. And you, if you hit that, you're basically winning both bets. If you lose that, you're basically just losing, you know, the VIG that you paid associated on the one bet that you lost. So a lot of people, right. Everything you're saying I'm, I'm down with. Yeah. So a lot of I don't do a, a lot of I don't hedge, but I know I'm saying a lot of sharps do it, and I ro- I roll money lines and spreads. Uh, people always tell me uh, money lines are so easy uh, to bet, and I'm like, yeah, until you show me the stones of you walking up to the window and laying that money down. Uh, everyone I talk to is about in-game betting, and everyone I know it waits for the game to be, you know evolve and be in the middle of the game to make their decision. Listen, I'm telling you what that means in Portuguese in game betting. It means more ways for you to lose your money. Uh, Everyone thinks they're so smart when the game's going on that they're going to win a bet. All it is is more ways for them, the house to take your money. That's all there is to it. Last night, whatever it was the other day, I bet on, uh, you know, Green Bay, boom, game over. I win the bet. I don't need to get involved in the middle of a game of laying another 10 or 12 or 15 when they're up big. I don't listen. Just let me cash my ticket on the spread and the money line, both covered. I'm happy. I go to bed feeling good. Remember great teams always play down to their competition in college and pros. They don't respect them. They walk in. They think they got this in the bag. For instance, Penn state, They went into Bloomington thinking, we're worried about Ohio State next week. We're not worried about Indiana, who we've never lost to in 50 years. And people can argue all they want about that last play in overtime when Penix drove for the pylon. Bottom line is, it was so close, it could have gone either way. And they usually don't reverse calls made on the field that are that close. So they didn't reverse it, and Indiana won the game. Penn State thought that was going to be a walk in the park going to Bloomington. They were laying six and a half. And Indiana beat them. Uh, same thing. I don't think the Steelers, you know, I could be wrong. I'm wrong 30 times a day. I don't think they cover the 14. Yeah. Nine I mean, and a half, winning by 10 is a dangerous way to make a living in the NFL on pain day. But I'd be willing to bet today if you got 14 on the other side. Now, they should lose the game by 30. But I bet they won't. <laughs> I bet yeah. they won't. This is the perfect kind of game for Dallas to linger and be in the game. They're awful. They're doing everything they can to change it, changing quarterbacks. You know, it'd be nice if Zeke had a game where he didn't fumble the ball. Things like this. Maybe the Steelers uh, fumble the ball. Maybe Connor fumbles the ball. Maybe Ben gets picked off. Maybe You have no idea what's going to happen in these games. Right. But people just think it's automatic. I laid 20 last week with the Chiefs and Jets, and I was scared to death to lay 20. But they covered 35 got to the window. I, right. I don't lay those kinds of uh, wood. It's too dangerous, especially in pro football. 
No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the NBA, MLB, NFL, and PGA for cash prizes. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps. Download the No House Advantage app and check out our daily player prop contest without having to make a deposit. Play in public guaranteed cash prize pool contests or create your own private contest with friends. Use promo code EDGE when signing up, and they'll match your first deposit with a $20 in free play. If your first-time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests that include all types of player statistics. Featured player prop contests combine players of different positions across several statistical categories. Compete against other users and track in real-time as you climb the leaderboard. Download the No House Advantage app now using promo code EDGE and they'll match your first deposit with up to $20 in free play. If your first time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF Edge annual subscription. Yeah, I mean, college is a little bit different just because there's so much, you know, wider variation with how talented the teams are. But I do agree with you some uh, at the NFL level, especially towards the end of games. It does matter with, you know, a lot of these games that are projected to be close, who comes down with the ball at the end of the game, who kind of has that last drive. And if they leave enough time on the clock for them, the team to come back basically and score, because um, like some of the things that I look at, I do like to look at a lot more of the offensive side of the football, because it does seem where we're at even, you know, right. really high quality defenses that we see aren't really necessarily capable of stopping one offense on one possession um, to not cover. Basically, we saw it with the Buccaneers who have kind of had, you know, a really great defense so far this year, but they were kind of unable to stop the Giants towards the end of the game. If the Giants don't get um, that two point conversion at the end, that game goes to overtime. So that's just another example where I think uh, kind of leaning towards uh Basing your decisions based on offensive production is much better way of going about it than, you know, relying on defensive aspects. So I don't know I do want to touch a little bit more on your in-game perspective though. Um, so would you say that in general, you're probably just avoiding uh, in-game betting situations? I know a lot of people think that's kind of the future of the betting market. Would you probably disagree with that statement then? Well, I just know, I think it is. Uh, I think it is the future is happening right before our very eyes. I don't right. deny that it's a giant business. Uh, it's created a whole new avenue of, uh, of betters and a whole new world. And it's opened up a whole can of worms for betting. All I'm telling you is, is that it's created, you know, way more ways and odds to lose. That's right. all there is to it. Like it's simple. Uh, there's guys that bet props and that's all they do. They'll bet, you know, 20, I know sharps that bet 20, 30 props, uh, you know, every Saturday or Sunday, They'll, they'll bet a ton of props. I know like on sports grid, there's guys always talking about FanDuel uh, odds boost and, and, you know, in game. And there's just so many ways to bet. And I come from the side of the river that says the more ways you can bet, the more ways you can lose. I keep it real simple. I'm trying to hit the spread in a game. That's hard enough. Isn't it? Is the total not hard enough? Is the money line not hard enough? It's simple. Uh, the, the thing about the money line, I, as I argued before, is that people think it's so easy until they're walking up there with, you know, five grand in their pocket and they got to lay it all down. And look, I think in-game betting's exciting. Like I've been in Vegas with my buddies and they're all drunk and we're watching a great hockey game or something in the second period and we make an in-game bet. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act like I've never done it. I just know <laughs> the more you mess around with a bet, 
like, you know, you start the game uh, making a bet, right, on the spread of the money line. And then all of a sudden, an hour and a half later, you've made five other bets. Right. Now, it's the same concept as a five-leg parlay or a seven-leg whatever. Everybody's a, a badass until they get the one game wrong that screws up their parlay. And is there anything worse than the fat ass that goes around telling you, I had a seven-teamer and I lost on that one leg. Bet. Otherwise, I would have been rich. Shut up, dude. I you know. didn't win. And everyone I know has a 10-team parlay, and they hit eight or nine of them. It doesn't matter if you hit eight or nine. You got to hit all of them. Yeah. Everyone's a badass until they uh, lose. And then they come up with the excuses of why they didn't win the bet. Yep. I mean, I agree with you in a lot of ways. I actually don't really bet parlays whatsoever based on, you know, a lot of the information that you just said, there's just um, too many variables and I'd rather just bet the game straight up. So um, I don't I know. Don't that do is interesting. I do like, I do like what you said about money lines too, as far as people who think that they can predict money lines effectively, especially when you kind of get out to these larger favorite things. I think people think it's easy to go up there and lay, you know, minus 300 or some odds basically on a heavy favorite, which is fine. And that probably works out, um, you know, the, decent amount of the time, but it's not really beneficial and not going to pay off long-term. If you're consistently betting some of these wide margin money line favorites, uh, laying down a significant amount of juice. And then, uh, you know, one or two times you're going to get pounded and basically go broke at that point in time. So that's everyone in Vegas. They know, uh, they're, they're going to take your money, right? It's, it's simple. You're going to have, you know, it, it could be one or two, uh, plays that, that burn you the most, right? Like you could hit five money lines, but the two you get wrong, breaks your bank right, right so right. you're screwed uh it's just it's all very dangerous you got to be i think meticulous and smart at, at what you're doing which ones you bet and you know what you're laying in terms of uh the wood that you're laying and, and stuff like that and like what what kind of money are you uh are you putting down on a money line bet and right. what you could lose so uh, like i do way better in, in college than in pro in terms right. of betting, because pros so brutal. But right. last year I had seven uh, weeks out of the 17 where I was over 70% with my bets. And you know, my website, people know it's documented. I've had it for 20 years. All the customers that go there, it's simple. I've, I've been successful because I don't, I don't lie. There's no uh, BS. It's, um, it, you know, we're, uh, we just lay it all on the line. Everyone yeah. knows exactly what I bet what the results are. There's no, uh, there's transparency. There's no lying. There's no getting around it. You either hit the bet or you don't. And the, and the bets are right there. So you see what I do and you see the results. Yep. So um, got to show those receipts. I do appreciate that, especially from the betting perspective. That's the only way, I mean, that's, that's what you said. There's a lot of tough guys that uh, probably tote certain things, but right. if you don't have the receipts, then uh, no one's really going to give a shit at this point in time. So that's right. we'll see, but I'm going to, I got to ask you three, I got to ask you about three games coming up here on this college football slate. I would say these are probably the three biggest games we have on Saturday. Of course, Clemson, Notre Dame, We've got some quarterback issues with Trevor Lawrence. We got Florida, Georgia, and the sec. And uh, you touched on them a little bit earlier, but Michigan in, Indiana, I also think is another intriguing game. Are you betting any of these three matchups? And what do you kind of see uh, from your perspective with what you like in any of these games, handicapping them? Yeah. So uh, the, the Notre Dame game, like I think they're all high risk. So I did take Notre Dame and the five and a half in South Bend. And I also uh, bet BC last week against Clemson. Right. And I bet them at 30 before the news. Uh, yeah. Trevor I had, Lawrence. I had him at 31 before the news before Trevor. Right. Lawrence so worked I, out I think well, I so. did too. I think I did too. It was like 31 and a hook and yep. then it went down to 24 or whatever, yep. but I bet on him with, uh, Lawrence playing 
And then without it, it shrunk down, but either way they covered. And it was the same concept as the week before I bet, uh, I had Syracuse at 46. It went to 44 and a hook and they covered against them. Uh, and I'm not betting against Clemson. Like I'm some cocky guy that can right. beat Clemson. I think they're a really good football team. It's just that the, I, I didn't believe, uh, that, you know, first of all, how about this? Like I thought, and, and I'm, you know, I'm so busy and crazy. Like I, I, I literally, and I never usually make mistakes like this, but I did make this mistake. I thought the game was in Chestnut Hill. And that's why okay. I took the 31 hook. I didn't even know. Because I'm so hectic in life doing shows and doing bets and everything. When I first saw the number, I thought the game was in Chestnut Hill. So I put it up at 31 and a hook thinking the game was just in Chestnut Hill and they'd give them a game. It might be wet. It might be rainy. It might be cold, blah, 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 blah. And so I took him. That was why I took him. And when I found out he wasn't playing, I felt a lot better about the bet. Right. Look, BC's not that bad. They've been no. in a lot of games. Phil Jerkovich is a good quarterback, I would say. That was the reason I, I really so. liked him early in the year, too, so... Right. I'm with you. I think so. So I bet him, but look, I, I did not like the kid, uh, that, that, uh, that, that backs up Lawrence, the five DJ, DJ Ugalale, Ugalale, basically. I mean, he had what 63 dropbacks now this season. He's been, um, I don't know, not, not necessarily that great from our PFF grading perspective. So right. um, I would probably potentially have, you know, him right along the same lines as Ian book. I would say maybe uh, with the rest of the defensive issues that Clemson has with COVID related situations and stuff like right. that, I'll probably lean towards Notre Dame uh, as maybe just a little bit better of a defense from that perspective. So I don't know. I do think Clemson might still have the better offensive weapons outside of the quarterback position. Um, right. But I don't know. This is a tough one to handicap. Our model kind of leans towards Clemson. I'm with you. I kind of like Notre Dame early in the week at five and a half. The market moved our direction just a little bit in that. Uh, I haven't really bet it at this point in time, but uh, we'll see. So do you have any feel on Florida, Georgia well, here? Well, I, look, I don't, I don't think the kid's better than Ian Book, okay? So right. I'm going like, to take Notre Dame in South Bend. I know there's like no fans or whatever. It's a high-risk bet to have them win that game. Uh, but I think they can actually give them a game. Look, if BC can take them to the hill in right. Clemson, in Death Valley, don't tell me Notre Dame can't play with them in South Bend. Remember, they played at Death Valley a few years ago, and Notre Dame lost by two. Right. And uh, I think they went for a two-point conversion and uh, lost on that two-point conversion. So I like Notre Dame. The Indiana game with, uh, with Michigan, another high-risk bet. Like, here's the thing. I took Indiana in the three-and-a-half knowingly that I could lose that bet, uh, you know, scared to death because look, here's the reality of it, Ben. Indiana has been over at the hands of Michigan for the last 40 years. I right. mean, they lose to them every time they play them. So Indiana can't beat uh, Michigan if they didn't show up for the game. So I'm worried about it, but let's face facts. Uh, Michigan state, I bet on them last week at 25 points and they, and they beat Michigan proving that Michigan isn't as good as everybody thinks they are again. Right. And Indiana is really tough. I think Michigan's got better athletes for sure. That's what worries me. I, I like Indiana did not look that good against Penn State. They got lucky. They had no business right. winning that game. They were getting their ass beat. Their quarterback sucks. He can't throw the ball at all. 
but I don't think Clifford's much better than him either. So I went high risk with them. And then what the Georgia game, is that the one that you were asking me about? Yeah. Florida, Georgia, Florida at Georgia. We got Kyle Trask, Florida side. Some people thought he was a Heisman candidate early in the year. Stetson Bennett for Georgia. Uh, yeah. It's kind of going to be an interesting game. I don't know. I think it's at what four and a half at this point. It sounds like yeah. you got a good number on Michigan, Indiana. I wish I would have got three and a half. It's down to three now at this point in time. So you did get yeah, I got it uh, some line half, movement. I, from I'm that scared game. to death of Indiana. I, I would not recommend that. Put it this way. I did not rank that play. I do a top 10 on ForAllInTheBench.com. I did not rank that play. I did rank the Notre Dame play. And I did rank the Georgia play as my fourth. My Notre Dame was my top play. And then Georgia was the number four play. I took Georgia and I laid it. Uh, very dangerous at four and a half. But here's the reason. I think they beat them by a touchdown uh, because of their defense. I think Trask is going to have a nightmare. And going there... In between the hedges, it's not fun, even with with without fans. Calls. I, have you ever seen Georgia not get a bunch of calls when right. they play at Sanford Stadium? <laughs> I think, you know, this game's there, right? Usually they play it in Jacksonville, right? And this game's right. at it's at Athens, correct? It's in it's in Athens, yep. That's correct. Okay, well, if it was in uh, Jacksonville, this might I would probably pounce on the four and a half. But because it's in Sanford, whether they have fans or not, I don't care. They get everything going their way there. The weather, the sun, the leaves, the chicks, the cheerleaders, fans. They get everything going their way. The refs, everything about it. I'm on I'm on Georgia in that game. I like it. And okay. I, another one, I'll just tell you my other plays that I liked. I like Cincinnati. I like Utah. I like Appalachian State. These are all, like, uh, spreads. Army right. I took as my number three play. And then as far as the rest of them, I have them right here. Oregon I like. Arkansas, I like getting points. Virginia, I like laying. And AM, I like laying. I think those are my uh, top 10 in, yep. in college. Appalachian State is my favorite bet on the weekend. So I, I am excited about that one. I do have to ask you one more question then. I know you mentioned some Pac 12 games. Of course, we have a little bit of a different dynamic coming up here in college football. We have, you know, a lot of games from certain conferences, certain teams. We kind of have a better understanding of those. We have the Big right. Ten basically two weeks in, Pac 12 starting this weekend. Are you uh, more confident in the teams that you haven't really seen yet this year because you think the market may be more? off on that or are you kind of avoiding the Pac-12 maybe in the Big Ten a little bit just because of the fact that we don't really have any information from those games at this point yeah Ben I'm I'm uh I'm not afraid to bet on the Pac-12 I love Pac-12 football I like Mountain West football right I like wide open uh action football I love it like (laughs) I'll watch anything dude you know I I guess I cut it off at, at college I don't watch a lot of high school football all uh, believe it or not, like I go to high school basketball games and high school basketball tournaments and holiday tournaments and playoff games. I like that, but I'm pretty much college bros. I love the Pac-12. I lived in LA for 10 years. Uh, I love uh, all of it. I love the Pac-12. I think it's awesome. I think they get shafted by the media and by the voters and by the playoff and everything else. We already know Oregon's going to be good. Uh, proof's in the pudding, though. USC is right. supposed to be good. Proof's in the pudding. Let's see them do it. Uh, aren't they like playing Arizona state or something? They are. Uh, listen, Herm did a great job with that team. I think they'll be in that game. I think people see USC and they think, Oh, it's USC. Those days ended 20 years ago. No one's afraid of USC anymore. They get ranked because of their name only. They've talked about firing their coach for the last five years. Well then have some stones and do it. 
I think Urban Meyer, I'm, I'm still with people that think he'll get that job in the next year or two and uh, get back into college football and do it in Lipstick City. I think he's kind of a, an L.A. guy at the end of the day. I know he likes working out there at that cushy Fox gig he's got. But I don't like USC uh, as this powerhouse. But, I, you know, I bet on him. But I think what I did in that game, let me just look at it. Uh, I could have sworn. Uh, what do you know the number off the top of your head? Because so I it's ten sworn. and a, it's ten and a half for USC at this point in time. Um, I think it's kind of been basically at that point throughout the I week. I don't think ten and a half. Okay. Yeah. I, I USC see. to win, but you got USC. You, so you do like USC. See, I kind of lean towards Arizona State. I like Herm Edwards quite a bit. JT Daniels at quarterback. I think they can potentially cover this uh, wide spread. I do think USC still wins, like you touched on. I do think Keenan Slovis, obviously. Uh, probably a really good quarterback. Some people have him as a Heisman trophy contender. Maybe they get it done out here with that air raid offense, but I don't know. I'm leaning away from you at this point in time, Arizona state. Well, he left get it there, done. right? So JT left there. He's long gone. Oh, so. so Keaton Slovis is, uh, yeah, but no, J- what's the, uh, JT, uh, Arizona state quarterback. Yeah. I don't know that that kid. I never liked him to begin with. I'm glad he's gone. Uh, and, and Jaden Daniels is the Arizona state guy. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Look, I think USC wins the game, but not by 11. So uh, I'm going to middle that game. Look, I love all these teams. I think one of the good games, like I constantly see these games that I like, these Mountain West games. The other night, the Nevada game, the San Diego State, San Jose State game. Those are wild games. And if you're into totals, like you were talking about at the beginning here on PFF, uh, talking about totals, totals in the Pac-12, totals in the Mountain West, you know what happens there. Over to Rainbow, baby. If you're going to bet totals. Go out west because all they do is sling it, and right. uh, I'm into that. I love that. It's entertaining football, that's to say the say the least. But uh, I don't know. This was a lot of fun, Scott. I do appreciate you joining me. Uh, we had Scott Farrell on coast to coast in game betting. Check him out 4 to 6 p.m. on Sports Grid, 10 p.m. Eastern on Sports Grid Radio. Is going to give you uh, all the feedback, tell it to you how it is, give you some good tips for sports betting. So, uh, Scott, I definitely appreciate you getting on with me, bud. 